of Sabrina, Season 1, Episode 4, Chapter 4, Witch Academy. Sabrina takes a weekend trip, Father Blackwood poses a pivotal question, Roz and Susie stage an impromptu and unnerving sleepover. Okay, so this one has a lot of stuff going on in it, (laughs) and it's a little uncomfortable, and by a little I mean a lot. It has one particularly not good scene that expands to a discussion of the series as a whole. Well, you haven't seen the series as a whole, but it is very problematic. Yeah. And we're not going to gloss over it. No. So let's start at the top of the episode. We've got the core four for this show being Sabrina, Harvey, Roz, and Susie are all at Dr. Cerberus's. They're hanging out and they're talking about the fly. It's about body dysmorphia. Huh? What? (laughs) Uh, And then they're like, oh, but Cronenberg said his remake is a metaphor for STD. Like It's a very high level conversation, which I love, but it's a bit ridiculous. It's also true, though. That is what Cronenberg did. I, I understand. So they're talking about the weekend. Susie's dad is going to the farm expo for three days, so she's going to be on her own. Roz, Roz's parents are going to this church thing over the weekend, and she does not want to go. So they're all like, let's have a sleepover. And Sabrina's like, I have to go to the expo, too, because my aunts are going to sell their honey. <laughs> so she'll be gone. Susie is not interested in this sleepover at all. She's nervous about it. And then Harvey's just kind of like, I'm left out. I'm going to miss you. I'll miss you too, but I'll hold you close in my heart. And she's got the necklace he gave her and they kiss and everyone's like, ugh, Whoa. stop it. It's a little more than kissing. Yeah, it's, it's getting into it. At a certain point, I was like, damn. Which is why their friends are so disgusted. Relax, Romeo. So we head on over to the Spellman home and Ambrose is like, aren't you even a little bit excited? And Sabrina is not. She's like, this is a new school. It's stressful. And I'm lying to Harvey, Roz, and Susie. And I don't see why I have to be there for three whole nights. And Ambrose explains that this is your induction. And it's going to be fine. You'll be meeting interesting witches and warlocks from all over the world. And some of them, many of them, will be hot. He's not wrong. In his accent. It'll be hot. I love his accent. It's so great. (laughs) Uh, Sabrina just kind of waves him off. She's like, I'm not there to hook up with hot warlocks. I'm there to learn how to defeat the Dark Lord. I'm going to learn how to conjure him, bind him, and banish him. That's my only agenda. Okay, then. All right. You know, hey, that's what her lawyer told her to do. Take this opportunity to learn as much as you can about your adversary so you can beat him. I mean, yeah, but hot warlocks? I mean... Oh. And witches. Like... It can be both. True. They go downstairs, and Hilda is making these little tiny pouches. She's like, okay, I made these for you. They're, they keep them in your pockets. Protection charms? Yes. I was concerned. You know, I don't want her to get bullied. You know how cruel girls can be at that or any age. <laughs> mm. This whole time, Hilda is just glaring at Zelda. Yeah, oh, they're just like making daggers at each other. They're so mad. 
Hilda asks, you know, do you want to take Salem with you or we could teleport him? And Zelda's just like, nonsense. Only babies and ninnies take their familiars to school. Remember when you tried to bring your spiders, how the students laughed and called you names? And Hilda just under her breath is like, yes, one in particular. (laughs) So like, it's very clear that Zelda tortured and harassed and bullied Hilda at school because that is her Satan given right. So anyways, like they're just like, all right, you're going to have a great time. Let's go. Zelda reminds Hilda that she can't go. She can't be on school property because she's been excommunicated. Hilda gives Sabrina a smothering hug and Zelda just rolls her eyes at how ridiculous Hilda's being. Even Sabrina's making like, really? Really, Hilda? (laughs) So Sabrina is then seen walking down some train tracks. She comes across this building that looks like a run-down train station. And she meets this little boy with a chalkboard. Pardon me, miss. Are you Sabrina? I'm Quentin. And so he, his job is to show her where to go. So they take her to Father Blackwood's office. And he explains that the academy was built according to the principles of sacred geometry. Each room is a perfectly proportioned pentagon that locks with the one next to it. No one knows how many pentagons there are exactly. Some say an infinite number. And we pass by, like, I guess their main hall, which has their satanic statue of Baphomet, I believe it is. That's the one that they are being sued over. Oh, Because it's almost exactly like the one that the satanic temple built. Get over yourselves. Yeah, I I think it's been thrown out. We go into the Father Blackwood's office. Dr. Um, Faustus. I recognize that there's been a bit of unpleasantness between us, but that's only because we so desperately wanted to get you here. And I prepared her schedule and Sabrina looks at it. She's like, um, yeah, like it's not to her liking. What about conjuring or binding rituals, demonology? Blackwood says, you have to fulfill the Academy's general requirements first. And now I believe you have choir practice. Cut to (sighs) choir practice. It's, It's them singing. I don't, I'm not familiar with the song. It's it's not a, I think it's something they wrote. It's just a take on all those hymns. Yeah, well, but it's a hymn to Satan. So and Prudence is you know the star of the choir currently, of course. And they come in and we find out that the teacher leading the choir is Lady Blackwood, that's Faustus's wife. And she's pregnant. You can see that too. And they're like, Okay, can you read music? You know, I just need a verse to two on uh, where to place you. So Sabrina sings, you know, she's decent, you know, she certainly doesn't embarrass herself at all. But Lady Blackwood says, my, my prudence, I do believe you have some competition, finally. (laughs) So it could just be a given that, oh, Sabrina sings very well, and she has a pleasant voice, which Kiernan does. She's not a Broadway star or anything, but she's a perfectly pleasant voice. Yeah. And she, I mean, for all we know, because we don't really hear Prudence sing, she could be better than Prudence. They could all be horrible singers. That's possible, too. So Prudence is clearly pissed and annoyed, like, ugh. Because, you know, that's her default mode. And meanwhile, one warlock in the back gets very interested in Sabrina. So we get to lunchtime, and a hot warlock shows up and says, I'm Nicholas Scratch. Yes, you are. (laughs) Uh. Yes, Yes, you are. So they talk back and forth, and we find out that Nick Scratch knows who she is. She knows who her father was, and he's been studying his journals in class. But there's a library that is only for advanced students. Everything's under lock and key. You can't you can't borrow things. Like, 
it's a big deal and it's going to take a lot for Sabrina to be able to get to those journals. And then he also lets this bit go where he says that your father was a controversial figure in the community, not only for marrying her mother, but for some of his more radical ideas. But he was the greatest conjurer the Church of Night has ever produced. Hmm. Hmm. It's a little bit interesting. And Uh, before that can go further, the sisters jump in. They show up and they're like, are we interrupting? How are you enjoying the academy so far? Is it like your other school, Baxter High? No. (laughs) We heard that you didn't take your dark baptism because you were in love with some mortal boy. Like father, like daughter. Must be some Spellman kink, huh? Which is creepy and gross. It's funny, though. (sighs) Careful, Nikki, or she'll cock tease you the way she did the Dark Lord, which is given what they did in the first episode. (laughs) What they did was bad, but it's a funny callback. Yes. I'll allow that. And, ugh, uh, I love this. Why do you have to be such a bitch all the time, Prue? Like, Nikki holds nothing back. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know, Nikki. Why do you have to be such a warlock slut all the time? (laughs) And Nick just looks at Sabrina, what's your next class? Can I please walk you? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) See you later, ladies. Oh, don't worry. We will. Yay, threats! <laughs> Veiled teenage threats. This is ridiculous. Okay. Would we expect anything less from them, though? No. We really wouldn't. It's just... Ugh. This is trash television stuff. I'm not bothered by this part. No. Okay, so we go to Susie's house now, and Roz and Susie are watching movies. They're watching Carnival of Souls. This was filmed in Salt Lake City. And then we hear this bell, and Roz is like, what was that? Is there someone else in the house? And Susie's like, okay, so it's my uncle. He's really sick. He rings a bell when he needs something. I should probably go check on him. And Roz is like, well, obviously I'm coming with you. (laughs) Because everything is ominous currently. So they go upstairs and they open the room and her uncle is super creepy. He's like strung out. And this freaks out the girls and they slow, they close the door. And now the questions start. Okay, that's my Uncle Jesse. He, he got sick working in the mines with Harvey's dad. He just went crazy one day. He saw something, a monster, and he's never been the same. My dad and I take care of him, make sure he gets his medicine. But most of the time, he's sedated and quiet. But every so often, like since the eclipse, he's just kind of, and Roz is like, your dad just leaves you alone with him? And just more and more questions. And Susie's like, I thought I could handle it, but can you stay with me this weekend? And Roz is kind of like, oh, all right. And we zoom out and we see that there's an emergency number stuck into on a piece of paper stuck next to the phone. Hmm. Like, I don't really know how much that comes back. Like, I, I, didn't, I haven't noticed it from this viewing, but they focused in on it. So I have to imagine it comes back. Sabrina's, you know, at school, in bed at the academy. She, She's hearing voices and whispers and she opens her eyes and she sees Quentin. He's like, don't show them you're scared or they'll kill you on the spot. And then she wakes up and she's in a very dark room. It's all bricked. And now she sees that the weird sisters are there. You're in the witch's cell where the Greendale 13 were held. This is the harrowing. It's a witch tradition. You have to be able to endure what the earliest Greendale witches did. 13 made it to the noose, but many more perished in here. This place winnowed them. No sunlight, no water, no food. Wallowing in their own filth, most witches went mad and cut their throats. They haunt this place still. They'll show you terrible things in the dark. 
things that will make you go insane. But you're a spellman, a daughter of a high priest. You're not scared of the dark. You can take it. Unless, of course, you lose your head. So then they slam the door shut, lock it, and Sabrina's like, well, fuck. <laughs> she doesn't say that, but, you know, the, she hears all these weird noises and the water dripping and then something kind of grabs her like a branch and we hear screaming and then we cut to Salem at the Spellman home hearing this and taking off running. Get him, Salem. So we cut directly to it's obviously the next morning and we see Sabrina is hunched over like shivering. She gets her arms wrapped all around her and she's kind of like rocking back and forth and and kind of muttering and just not doing so great. Prudence comes in and says, well, looks like the cells claimed another victim. The poor girl's lost her mind. She's gibbering like a loon. And then up pops Sabrina. Oh, it wasn't so bad in the end. And we see Salem come around her. Oh, this is Salem, by the way. He protects and comforts me wherever I am. He's very clever. In goblin form, there isn't a crack he can't squeeze through. Bye, girls. And she walks out. <laughs> Great. Love it. Fun. Love, love the use of Salem. She goes directly to a, a phone booth, which I love. She's calling Harvey. Like, you're up early. I didn't go to sleep. Did you and Aunt Hilda go out partying with a bunch of farmers? <laughs> Which is precious. He's like, you know, it's just, it's really intense here. And it's like, but this is helping. What? Hearing your voice. Oh, yeah, I'm not even using my sexy voice. Keep talking, Harvey Kinkle. Just keep talking. Hmm. It's very cute and cheeky, and I love it. Harvey Kinkle. Hmm. Harvey Kinkle. Ross Lynch is doing a very good job. Mm-hmm. I'm a yes. fan. Yes, he is. So we go back to Sabrina's room at the school, the witch school, and she can't find Salem or her pajamas. And Prudence is sitting on her trunk. She starts yelling and screaming at them. And then Blackwood comes in and he's got a crate. And he's like, Miss Spellman, get dressed at once and then to my office. (laughs) So, okay, blah, blah, blah. We go to the office and Zelda's there. So firstly, we find out familiars are not allowed. So he's going home with Zelda. And I feel like I must ask this. Are you happy here, Sabrina? To which Zelda jumps in. Of course she is, Faustus. And then Faustus says, you know, she's picking fights with her students, complaining about her schedule. And, you know, Zelda jumps in trying to defend Sabrina, but is also like, how could you behave this way? And Sabrina's just like, I didn't come here to study herbalism, Aunt Zelda. So Zelda pleads Sabrina's case. Like, she's bored. Give her something to do. Like, she needs to be challenged. So Father Blackwood is annoyed by this. And so he goes to a cabinet and gets this blue object. Some kind of polyhedron. And we find out that it is an Asheron configuration. It's an arcane puzzle. It's a test of mental and actual dexterity. Solve it, and you can join conjuring class. Or go mad trying. Zelda's like, that won't happen with our niece. Only the weak-willed fall prey to the Asheron fascination. So Sabrina takes it and they're like, all right, let's go. Zelda says, you know, make sure you behave. I will, Aunt Zelda, even though I'm still missing my pajamas. <laughs> she walks out. She does that little teenager ugh, thing so well. She does. She's very pointed. I love it. It's also, very- Father Father Blackwood looks and says, I forgot how maternal you are, Zelda. Hmm. <laughs> Gross. So Sabrina goes, but Father Blackwood has a request from Zelda. She's like, okay, so Lady Blackwood has miscarried twice before, and this distresses us gravely. But when I sit here with you, I feel comfort. Would you be a midwife to her? Zelda. 
is kind of grinning and smiling until he says midwife. Yeah, she's very like into the attention. And she's just like, oh, it's been years since I've delivered a child. And he says, but you've never lost a babe, not once. And please, Zelda, your high priest is asking you. Uh huh. You mean your lover? Your secret lover on the down low? Uh, this is so creepy. It's so creepy because there's so much sexual tension and it's like, yes, please tend to my wife. But like, if there's something that happens to your wife, clearly like Zelda's going to be the one to blame. Like, It's just, it's bad. It's so gross. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> Sabrina goes outside and she sees Nick Scratch and he's like, I heard you got into a fight with Prudence. I'll talk to her. And Sabrina's like, please don't. That will only make it worse. <laughs> so did you guys date? For a short period of time, I was involved with all the sisters. All three of them? All at once? It's a package deal. Yeah. Their gifts include mind control. Of course they do. Oh, yeah. So then he asks about, what is that? Is that an Asheron configuration? Yeah. Blackwood gave it to me. If I solve it, I can take conjuring classes. Okay. What's so funny? Well, that particular configuration was your father's thesis. He designed and built it. And Blackwood's been trying to solve the damn thing for 20 years. I tried for three and gave up. And so, like, they look at it and he's like, it's kind of like a kaleidoscope. So Blackwood has given her this to fail. Yeah. He does not think she's going to be able to figure this out. Because nobody can figure it out. Well, it's been 20 years. So this is another piece of his failing. Again, we've, we've already said this before, but Blackwood is in competition with Spellman. Yep. That's just the case. Oh, yeah. Spellman has bested him. And if you've read the comic or you've heard about us, that that Spellman was a fraud. Yes. He was an absolute fraud. He told everybody that he was conjuring the devil and speaking to him, but he wasn't. Yes. So that's another layer that if that is actually happening within this universe, that makes all of this that, this, that much more interesting because everyone's been fooled. And it also leads me to believe that where Edward failed in the comic book world, Sabrina will succeed because of, she's that much more powerful. Of course. I know, but it's so sweet and I love it. So the key, the key to this Asheron configuration is that it does. It looks like this kaleidoscope, but as it goes, it spins faster and faster mm-hmm. and glows bright red. And you can see people getting sucked into staring at it. Yeah. Nick explains that the colors and patterns are addictive. And the more you stare at it, it's harder to solve. And if you're not careful, it can mess with your head. You can get lost in it. Sabrina's like, wonderful. And Nick says, you know, with due respect, Sabrina, you're never going to be able to do it. And Sabrina just says, you know what? If my father made it, then he probably wrote about it in his journals, right? And Nick kind of taken a little back of like, oh, you're not so dumb. Yeah, probably. But there, uh, there's nothing I've come across. And Sabrina says, but you're not a spellman. Sneak me into the library. Get me his journals. And we go back and forth. No, it's not going to happen. We'll, we'll have to figure it out. Um, and he's like, but you know, if we get caught, we'll get expelled. And Sabrina says, I doubt I'll be expelled. They'll probably just ex- extend my immersion indefinitely. Nick says, would that be such a bad thing? And he's being super flirty. And Sabrina's like, I should go. <laughs> so cute. Love it. Back at Dr. Cerberus's. Yeah. So now it's Harvey and he's talking with Roz. He says, hey, what's going on? How is Susie's? And Ross like, did she ever tell you about her uncle, Jesse? And Harvey's like, nah. yeah, he moved away, right? And Roz gives him the details. And Harvey's like, what? Because clearly it's the same thing that Harvey's been dealing with. We cut over to the Spellman house. And Ambrose is working down in the mortuary. You know, he's looking all cute. He's got glasses. Spellman mortuary. Hello. 
and it's Luke. He's like, of course I remember. Yeah. So then we go upstairs and now he's talking with Hilda. He's like, I met someone, Auntie, and I'd like to go on a date with him. And Hilda's like, oh, I was going to astral project to a coffee shop with your help. And Hilda's like, that's risky. And you wouldn't be able to touch him, love. And Ambrose, who looks so sad and lonely at this point, he goes, no, but we could see each other, have a conversation face to face. I like him, Auntie. Uh, and Hilda is just very like, I'm sorry, but it's too dangerous. And then we talk about how Auntie Z projects all the time, you know, but and if you guard my body, I'll be safe. Only the dead are allowed to travel the astral plane. And if you spend enough time out there, the psychopomps will find you and they will assume you're dead and they will carry you off to the hereafter. And like, or they will tattle you to the dweller in the abyss. Tattle. Tattle. Ugh. I love the use of the word tattle. Adorable. Um, outside of speaking to children, that's just great. Like, they may look like sweet little sparrows, but they are vicious, spiteful, hateful creatures, much like sisters. <laughs> like, and you can just see it all in Hilda's face. And she's just getting so pissed. First sign of a psychopomp, I'm out of there. Swear on Satan's claw. Zelda enters. She goes, I thought my ears were burning. What are you two plotting? We're not. We're just uh, just wondering where you're going so smart. Because Zelda is very dressed up. Mm-hmm. I've been invited to the high priest's house to sup. With your medical bag? Shut up, Hilda. Your persona what? non grata. Dinner with the high priest is a great honor. One you'll never again enjoy. You two have to fend for yourself tonight, I'm afraid. And so out walks Zelda and Hilda is just fuming. And the emperor just kind of perks up and is like, well, she's gone. Holding candles, the address of the coffee shop, and a map. Mm-hmm. Do it in the embalming room. <laughs> and off they go. Yay. It's so cute. Back at Father Blackwood's office. Prudence enters, and she's carrying Stolas, the raven. This creature was spying on us in the girl's shower. It's clearly someone's familiar, but do you know whose? And Blackwood's like, yes, leave it with me and I'll be dealt with. So Prudence leaves and then in walks Miss Wardwell as she did previously through the shadow. And then she comes in. Shall I kill the raven or will you take it and yourself away? Stolas doesn't like being caged. Then keep him out of my academy. The Dark Lord asked me to watch over Sabrina. Where she goes, I follow. Not this weekend. The academy is my purview. Why don't you shift your focus? They kind of go back and forth a little bit. And basically, Faustus points out that, you know, her friends are, are vulnerable. And so is her family because she's away. Mm-hmm. And so then Miss Wardwell goes. And now we are back in the embalming room and Ambrose is all dressed up. And so he lays out on the embalming table and they've got candles all around and Hilda's there. And she's like, okay, you've got 20 minutes, 30, 20, then I'm pulling you back. <laughs> so they start chanting. It's... Vola anima per eretina. Vola anima per eterna. Okay, yeah. It's like Latin's never been my thing. And then Ambrose has been projected. And then we hear the doorbell rings. And so Hilda goes upstairs to deal with that. It's Miss Wardwell. She's there to make some funeral arrangements. Hilda's like, okay, just a minute. Here's a catalog. You can have a look through and I'll be back. I have to, I'll just be 10 minutes. So while Hilda's gone, Wardwell starts walking around the house. Which, if you've ever watched anything about vampires or witches, this is very, very bad. (laughs) You don't let them near your home or any of your shit. It's not good. We see Ambrose. He's at Dr. Cerberus. He's meeting Luke. And they talk. And, 
you know, they're they're chatting and they're like, yo, did you come here a lot? <laughs> I wouldn't say a lot. More of a homebody myself. Yeah. And then we see Hilda. She's come back to Ambrose and now she's seeing birds and Ambrose is starting to see those little birds. Don't be uh, dead. Don't be dead. Don't, don't be, be dead. dead. She's like, hurry up. Hurry up. Come on, lad. Hurry up. And we see Wardwell is continuing to walk around the house. We go back to Dr. Cerberus and Ambrose is talking about Connor, the, the boy who, who died. And Luke is like, you know, I'm not here to talk about Connor. I wanted to get you know know you better. What's the craziest thing you've ever done? I was arrested for attempting to blow up the Vatican. Ha, see, we didn't find that out in the comic books. I love it. Ha. That's what it is. That's why he's under house arrest. He says that and Luke just starts laughing. He's like, wait, are you serious? And Ambrose is like, uh-huh. And Ambrose is seeing more birds. Hilda is seeing more birds. And... Ambrose kind of waits, like, yeah, mm-hmm. And we see Wardwell. She is ripping fabric from clothing. She has grabbed hair from a uh, hairbrush. She's taking nail clippings. Like, she's getting all kinds of stuff. She's in Sabrina's room, and she sees a mirror, and she licks it. Well, she sucks on her finger a long time. And then she <laughs> uses it and makes a ring around the mirror. And all of this while Black Magic Woman is playing. Mm-hmm. We go back to school. It's another evening. Sabrina is working on the blue object under the covers. And she's like, all right. Mm-hmm. And she hears the weird sisters above her, like, saying, oh, yes, this is going to happen, blah, blah, blah. I love and Sabrina. They pull the covers. It. We have no reason to hate each other. Wrong. We have plenty of reasons to hate you. Your father betrayed his own kind to marry a mortal. You'll betray us the first chance you get if you survive the harrowing. But I already did survive last night. (laughs) That was only the beginning. I'll scream. You think anyone will help you? They hate you. Scream as much as you like. It'll just be 20 girls harrowing you instead of three. So fun. Mm -hmm. Sabrina's face throughout this being like, guys, stop it. Yeah. So Zelda comes home now and she bumps into Wardwell and is like, may I help you? And they kind of go back and forth and, and Zelda is suspicious about what's been going on. And Wardwell's like, oh, I'm one of Sabrina's teachers. I came here to make some funeral arrangements, but I'll just be on my way. And so she runs down and she sees Hilda. Is like, what game are you playing at? And even more birds show up, more birds show up. And Ambrose just is like, I, I have to go. I'm sorry, Luke. This was a mistake. So he gets up to leave and Luke tries to follow him. And then all of a sudden, Ambrose wakes up in his body. Zelda's like, dear Satan, have you two completely taken leave of your senses? All the stupid, reckless things you could do. It was well in hand. You left a client alone upstairs, which is totally unprofessional, Hilda. And Ambrose, my dear felon, you are housebound. You're forbidden from leaving the grounds. And that includes your spirit. That's great. So now we're in the woods, and we're wet. This is where the Greendale 13... Walked were, to the noose. They were hanged. They kept their eyes straight ahead, fixed on the path. Mortals surrounded them on either side, and if any witch lifted her eyes to meet a human's gaze, they were stoned to death on the spot. All right, so what do I do now? <laughs> like Sabrina is so over all of this. You do exactly what the original 13 did. You stand in the wet, cold night, exposed, without shoes, without rest... And you don't turn around no matter what you hear. For how long? Until dawn. And so they take her robe and they take her shoes and they leave her there. And she hears the tree starting to break apart. And then she starts hearing voices and shadows. 
and she hears Harvey screaming and she hears her mother and we just see Sabrina talking to herself like you're a thing ascending or a demon but you're not my mother go away be gone demon then we hear her dad he's like you're my brave little girl why won't you look at me and she just says please stop and you know we just keep hearing it going over and we hear bones crunching and people being hurt so we cut to the next morning it's morning miss you've passed their test you can come back to school now and it's quentin it's like quentin you shouldn't be out here alone these woods aren't safe and Quentin says, there's nothing out here that can hurt me anymore. Come on, I'll show you. So we're walking through the forest. And Sabrina looks awful. She's like, she's been through hell. Quentin takes her to a gravestone and it's Quentin's. Quentin's a ghost. Mm-hmm. And he said, there used to be a groundskeeper who buried us, but he died many years ago. Would you like to meet the others? And Sabrina's like, okay. And we see a ton of children dressed in various time period clothing, which I also adore. I love it. And it's just like, what? So we cut directly back to the Spellman house and the phone is ringing and it's Sabrina calling from the phone booth again. Like, it's Sabrina. Oh, it's so nice to hear your voice. Um, how are you, my little possum? I'm okay, but I need your and Anselda's help. What have you done now? <laughs> Children are dying at the academy, Aunt Z, and no one is doing anything to stop it. Dying? Dying how? Students have been harrowed to death by other students and the weird sisters are harrowing me. We'll be right there. Okay, please hurry. Get me now. Mm-hmm. So now we have Zelda in Faustus's office. She's like, and and Faust is like, you know, harrowings have been a part of the academy, their tradition. You even per- participated in some yourself. Which again, this is this. I like this mirror to Hawthorne. You know, it's like, yeah, it's not great, but you know, this is just how it is. Like, it's okay. I'm just going to turn the other eye because... Also, you participated in some pretty awful ones, if I remember, Zelda. Uh, She's like, it was spirited child's play. I never killed a child. (laughs) Other than your sister, who is in violation of her excommunication by coming here. All right, that's fair. (laughs) But this was an emergency situation. (laughs) And I would contend the Church of Night is only as strong as its weakest member, and that a good harrowing forges the weak. My niece is not weak. Then really, sister, what is there to worry about? What if it were your child being harrowed? Ooh, snap, Zelda. Snap, snap. Nice. So we cut to the hallway where Hilda and Sabrina are waiting and Zelda comes out in a hurry. What did he say? He's going to look into it. And you believe him? Of course not. Take us to the children. Fuck yeah, Zelda. Like, I love that Zelda can easily be, like, swoony over Faustus, but she's not stupid. No, she's never been Mm-mm. stupid. So they go to the woods. We see Quentin. And they, they start talking to the children. And they're just like, you know, I think they're bound to the academy because they died here. And Zelda is just she's like, witches hurting witches. It's unspeakable. How can we free them? And Hilda, she's like, is that what you want, children? to be released from here and the kids are kind of like well this is our home where would we go and hilda's like i believe i know what they want i was harrowed back in my day by my own sister no less and the thing that i craved more than anything in the world was revenge they just need someone to give them permission to do it isn't that what all well-behaved children need permission okay come on gather around my darlings you listen to your auntie hilda we're gonna play a game and you're gonna love it and you're gonna have fun and you'll feel so much better as very ominous music plays in the background Hilda is the fucking best (laughs) i fucking love her Uh uh-huh and i love lucy davis yes and if you didn't already love lucy davis you need to love her more now because she's amazing she's doing satan's work it's amazing 
we go to Susie's house. Why didn't you tell us about your uncle? Because my dad doesn't want us talking about him. Also, your dad owns the mind that made him sick. And so Harvey's like pushing it and he's just like, I need to talk to him. Come on, let's go. No, 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 no. Don't do it. So I go upstairs and Harvey goes, he's like, Mr. Putnam, I'm a friend of Susie's. Susie told me that you used to work in the mines and that's how you got sick. And maybe we would do some talking, maybe yes or no. And then Jesse, which I kind of love that it's Uncle Jesse. <laughs> yeah. I love that full house, fuller house Netflix reference. It's great. He is possessed. Just, he's going to eat your cells. And he's trying to attack Harvey, trying to choke him. And Susie knocks him out with, I think, a vase or a candlestick. I don't know. It's not good. It's not good. As he's trying to strangle Harvey. So he's totally possessed by a demon. That's yeah. fun. You're possessed by a demon. Not great. Back to the Spellman house. Hilda is, you know, getting ready for bed and she's sitting at her little her little dressing table. I don't think I'll be able to sleep a wink until I know she's all right. Hilda? Yep. When we were at the academy, if I pushed your harrowing too far, if you were ruthless. No, I, I know I was. And I'm sorry for that. Aren't you going to go to bed? I thought I might stay up and read. Right. Should I put the kettle on? And Zelda nods, and then Hilda gets up and puts the kettle on. It's very sweet. It's team aunties. Like, like Zelda and Hilda are still going to Zelda and Hilda, but it's sweet. Because, like, Zelda's just been mean to her for the sake of being mean to her, which is part of being siblings. But she's taken it too far, and she doesn't realize that she's done lasting damage to her sister. Uh huh. And so she needs to take responsibility for that. I also love the fact that Zelda, I think, gets so much in, up in arms because these are children. Yes. And Zelda has this very, very soft spot for children. Well, there's clearly. that. But also, for Zelda, there's always a line. Yes. Like, yeah, she'll kill her sister, but she would never kill somebody else. No. Like, and it's so weird. And it's also one of those things where it's like, I can talk shit about my family all day long. Mm-hmm. But if somebody else talks shit about my family, it becomes a very different thing. Um, no matter how right or wrong it is, it's a very different thing when somebody else starts talking shit about your people. Yep. All right. Here we go. All right. We, we go back to the witch school. And the sisters have come to Sabrina. It's like, are you ready to meet your fate? Some prudence, please. I'm begging you. Leave me alone. There's not a hope in hell of that, half-breed. Now get moving. So they're leading her to the woods with a noose around her neck. Do you know what it's like to die by hanging? Most people think it's fast, but it's not. Any last words? And Sabrina says, yes. Thirteen witches were hanged here by witch hunters. Those women couldn't possibly have imagined a place like the academy, a school where witches would be safe. Even if they could, they'd never believe that the women inside its walls would turn on one another like this, which is why the Academy tradition of harrowing ends tonight, Prudence. And Prudence is like, it's three against one. You're going to die, half-breed. So give the Dark Lord our best, won't you? And they start pulling the rope. Mm-hmm. They start pulling the rope that's around Sabrina's neck. So then all of a sudden, all the children from the school show up. And now the sisters, the weird sisters, are being choked by invisible ropes. And now they're hanging. And all of them start chart chanting, light as a feather, stiff, stiff as, as a, a board. board. So that keeps going, keeps going. Sabrina says, like I said, harrowing of any kind will no longer be tolerated. Understood. And like the, the kids are still still chanting and she yells again, understood. And then, you know, okay, so now we have a white girl hanging a black girl 
and an another woman of color. And great, Sabrina gets to be the white savior because the weird sisters finally give in and Prudence can't get up. But Sabrina helps her stand up and then says, if you ever say anything about my mother or my father to anyone ever again, I'll choke you to death on your own blood. This is such a disgusting scene. So I want to I want to take two tracks here. Okay. The scene as written. Uh huh. I think is kind of brilliant. I, I I don't disagree. Taking away all of the casting situation that we have. Correct. I love the premise of what we've done here. Correct. And in the moment, that's how I reacted. Okay. I really liked this scene, mm-hmm. not thinking about the optics, which are incredibly awful, and I agree with you. Okay. So I love the fact that they're trying to pull off this harrowing justice mm-hmm. of forcing her to experience what the witches faced in the past. Yep. And she turns the tables with the children. Sure. The light as a feather, stiff as a board thing but just got great. me in the feels oh, of like, yeah, no. oh, this is great. Oh, I'm all into that. So then it becomes, this is the problem that we've talked about with Riverdale mm-hmm. and we've talked about with this show. Mm-hmm. And usually the issue is not that they are not actively trying to say something bad, but it's that they are so lazy mm-hmm. in how they cast and portray certain things that they forget how awful the imagery can be. Mm-hmm. Because what we have done is created this sort of lynching effect. It is. It's god-awful. It's so bad. Okay. We were always going to have a white savior problem when our our protagonist is a white girl and her main antagonist is an African-American woman. Like, that was always going to happen. That was going to come up no matter what. We set ourselves up for that. Yeah. They they set themselves up for that. Correct. Again, the Weird Sisters are characters in the comic book, but they are, also, they, are, they are not diverse at all. So they made that choice, which I love. That actress, Tati Gabrielle, she's amazing. Yeah. She's gorgeous. She's doing a wonderful job. The Weird Sisters are fabulous. They're doing a wonderful job. But they needed to take a step back after they cast them. And that this this sends a really shitty message because it just does. Like there was a way they could have still accomplished all these things because they do three things to her and they could have had each sister take on a different one. And then they could have still had the scene and not had it be the two women of color being hung. It's bad. They incredibly painted themselves into a corner by starting off with the witches being hung, yes. which I'm still not sure why they didn't go for burning at the stake. Burning at the stake would, I mean, it's still bad. No, but they, you're never not going to have that that sort of connection, but it is the loaded so imagery. It's tone deaf. It's the loaded imagery of the noose. Yes. And such the problem of not recognizing that in the moment. Again, it's pure laziness well, that they got to this point. And also, I think it should have been the children who decide to let them go, not Sabrina. Sabrina helps release the children. It would have been a little less white savior bullshit. It actually would have been amazing if Sabrina looks back in kind of, hey, like it's getting out of control mm-hmm. and Sabrina's not sure what to do. And she looks back at Quentin and Quentin is the one who like, signals turn. for them to drop. Stop. Like, But on the other hand, they're also children. Like, children. But the children, though. But they're children who have been hurt and harmed. This, again, this is such a difficult thing. Mm-hmm for me to parse. It's it not it's difficult to understand how bad it is and how they could have gotten around it. But it's so frustrating because the scene itself is great. On paper is so good. It is. That's what's so frustrating. We talked about it earlier 
with the with the boys in the cavern yeah. and how sloppy it was mm-hmm. that they didn't just make the final result be the full thing of the punishment mm-hmm. that we had to throw this in here right at this level of homophobia into it for no apparent reason yeah again it's sloppiness and in terms of tone deafness i think it's also this bad vantage point there's something in that writer's room where they've got so much cultural gap by not acknowledging that and realizing that that's a that's a factor in this story is that you've turned prudence and agatha into the token diverse characters of course instead of it's just happenstance but you have to acknowledge that like they've made Roz a very i mean she is a daughter of the black panthers right Being African-American is a full part of her identity, but now that has been shaded as being, well, that's tokenism because we need to have somebody who's the activist. So it's going to be the black girl. And I hate it. And it makes it feel icky instead of like, okay, I love when they did that with Roz because a part of that was this lovely cheeky, are we in the 60s or are we in today? The going back and forth because they've made this, this very ambiguous, which I also love. But then we do this, and it ruins all of it for me. And it's something that we've seen happen in both of these shows. And it's just trying to, like, it's, I feel like it's trying to erase a lot of bad shit that we've done to people. And, and also, it turns these two amazing actresses who are doing an awesome job into just the token diverse people. If you want to hear more people parsing apart this particular thing, there is a ton of stuff that has been shown up on Twitter. Very much smarter and more informed people than I have picked this problem apart. And I tell you what, give me some links to articles. We'll post it in the notes yeah. for this episode as well. So you Although, can go read read those good opinions. I'm pretty sure I saved the one that I loved the most right after I watched the whole series. So yeah. I'll I'll make sure to include that. Okay, we go over to Susie's house and all three of them are sitting on the couch, very nervous. He's been quiet for a while now. Um, should we go check on him? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, but we all should. And they're all nervous and they're not sure what to do. And Harvey just kind of looks up at the ceiling. Okay, let's just make sure he's okay. And it's all extreme close-up panning back and forth it's between them. So cute. Like, they're all like, we did something bad. Huh? What? So they go upstairs yeah, and they open the door and Jesse has been tied to the bed. Like, he's been bound to, uh, like, his arms, his leg. And He's still very much possessed, and his face is covered in these boils and sores. It's gross. We're back at the academy, and Sabrina is like walking through that main hallway, and she runs into Quentin. She goes, "Well, well Quentin, what are you guys going to do now?" And Quentin says, "We're going to watch over the school and make sure there are no more harrowings, even after you're gone. Thank you for everything." And Sabrina says, "You're welcome." And he goes off, and Nick shows up, and he's like, "Who are you talking to?" "Oh, myself." Well, you survived your immersion, uh, barely, but I haven't made it to conjuring class yet, but I will. And Nick kind of like looks side to side. Okay, um, this has to be our secret. And he pulls out a notebook and he says, it's one of your dad's journals. Sabrina's like, what? He says, I didn't say I couldn't sneak it out, but maybe it'll help with the Ashron configuration. But even if it doesn't, you should get to know your father. And Sabrina's like, thank you, Nicholas, really. And Nick says, call me Nick. And it's this really cute flirting that's not totally innocent, but it's not gross or bad. So I, I, I'm really into it. So now I go to Blackwood's office and Prudence walks in and she says, you asked to see me, Reverend Father. I did, Prudence. The three of you, senior students and one of her. A hedge witch without formal sco- schooling, a half-breed, 
She bested you. She humiliated you. The doors have slammed shut at this point. Yeah. So he he is is pissed. So he has put them up to all this shit. He wants her gone. Uh Uh-huh. And Prune's like, there's no excuse, father. It will not happen again. He's like, I hope not. The Dark Lord wants Sabrina educated at the Academy. So be it. But he gave no indication that she shouldn't suffer while she's here. This is pure payback for her dad. I have a feeling that Faustus knows that Spellman was a fraud, but he was still more powerful than him. Or he fully suspects that her dad was a fraud. I don't know. It's so great. I love it. So now we see Wardwell and she is she's laying out all the scraps and things that she collected from the house. And then she goes to her mirror and she sucks on her finger for a disgustingly long time. And then she circles it and then she can see into Sabrina's room. So that's the magic that she's done with her witch saliva. Is it saliva? I feel like she's reaching back into something, like some source of magic. <laughs> Whatever. Because it's it's not sexual. It's like she goes deep into her throat. It feels very sexual. It doesn't to me. It does. Anyways, so she can now see into Sabrina's room through the mirror that she had done this for previously. And Sabrina's on the phone. like, And Harvey's like, you should have let me drive up there for the both of our sakes. And she's like... Maybe next time, the stuff we do for family. Yeah, that's that's about all I care to see of that business. Did your aunt sell all their honey? What? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, she did. <laughs> uh, so how was your weekend? It was insane. I want to tell you about this thing that happened with Susie's uncle, but it might be better to do it in person. Can I come over? I have a lot of homework to catch up on, but can we walk to school tomorrow? Yeah, sure. Okay, I love you, Harvey. I love you too, Sabrina. So now she starts looking through her father's journals and then she's looking at the object and she's, she's flipping through and she puts something together. She starts folding the pages and the initials at the top of the pages spell out Diana. So then she starts playing with the object and, you know, she gets stuck, but then she closes her eyes and then she starts being able to move pieces and the object opens completely. This red sand falls to the ground. The lights flicker. And then under her doorway is this bright light and two feet. The door starts shaking, bursts open the door, and this demon creature walks in right at camera. And end of episode. (laughs) Great. I love it. I love it. I love it. So Sabrina has now succeeded where Faustus has failed. Mm -hmm. So that's great. But apparently there's some demon inside this thing. So that feels like a trap. Well, or... There's a demon that's been summoned. <laughs> Fair. By the object? I don't know. Those two are connected. Well, I okay. I do know because I've seen the show. <laughs> but there's also like, I, I remember from the comics, Spellman was a fraud, but he also could conjure demons. Yes. He just he was a fraud in that he he kept telling people that he was summoning the Dark Lord and he wasn't. No, he was, he was summoning some other demons that to make it appear as such. Yeah, he, and he was specifically summoning a demon that could appear as the Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. So it's all it's all a lie, which I love. It's really fun. Yeah. I'm into it. But it doesn't get away from the fact that there are demons, that they are around. Sure, absolutely. Okay. So if you remove the super problematic portion of the story, this is a really good episode, <laughs> which also is this part of why I hate the problematic stuff, because it ruins what is a very good episode. At the end of the day, it all rests on RAS. Like it's I I fault him because we see that he's the he's the consistent factor in our problems where we have with Riverdale with this type of stuff in this show and the huge problems we had with the fucking comic in the first place yes which is totally which, which on is him. all him so this is his fault like it's one thing to be tone deaf but to be 
repeatedly tone deaf is just horrible. It's almost as though they they understand how to make the dialogue natural, mm-hmm. but then we get these visual premises that they're always so bad at. I don't know, or or I mean, I guess the other the other thing we've talked or, about is a story premise. Or there's this attitude of, you know. I've made my cast diverse. I shouldn't have to change the story. That's true. Which I totally get. You write a character and then you find the actor that's perfect for that character. But there are things that you then have to account for because of who you've cast. Like you can't make jokes about somebody being super, super short if they're 10 feet tall. Like you just like, and that should be inconsequential. Representation is not solely casting mm-hmm. quote-unquote colorblind exactly you cannot live in a bubble with this correct you, and you like that's almost a different horrible form of racism when you're like well i already did this so why should i have to do that too it's not almost it is totally yeah, racism it is it is and that is what i believe he and this production studio have always been guilty of okay. it's they they understand how to cast things in a, in a good light and, you know, look for really good actors of lots of diverse backgrounds, but then they don't think about how that impacts their story at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've beat this horse to death. Of course. Which is also not a really great saying. So um, <laughs> my apologies. We do actually like the show, but we can't, we can't not talk about this bad shit. No. So uh, until next time. Hashtag praise, praise Satan. Satan. Thank you.